Like our content? It's funded by viewers like you. Please consider becoming a sustaining supporter of New Church Live today. Good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Chuck Blair. It's wonderful to have you here today. And whether you're joining us from the comfort of your living room couch or joining us as part of our studio audience, wonderful to have you here. And again, we know people watch us from all over. Just a quick little public service announcement is New Church Live. Throughout the year, we do some trips to different places to, to meet with congregants who are in different parts of the country. We have a trip to Florida, to sunny Florida scheduled. And as is always true, I tell people I love to go to Florida, be glad to go down there and meet congregants, as long as it's in February. So uh, that's what we'll be doing. Stay tuned for more details around that. Again, we'll be down there over President's Day weekend. So if you're in the Florida area for winter, we would love to have you. Love to have you take part in a new church live service down there. So with that, let's go ahead and get started, folks. You know, it was, it was, it was powerful to read uh, this beautiful line by this author, and they were saying, yeah, we really have to insist, insist to have joy in our lives. Now, no doubt, some of us watching here today, that, that's almost a Herculean, impossible task. So for some people in some life situations, I think for all of us in certain situations, it's almost impossible because of the circumstances we're in. And yet, there's also this part of life where, where I feel like, yeah, we do have to sort of have an insistent view towards joy because joy actually will point the way home. Joy will point the way home. And that's been part, sort of an, an underlying feeling around this series. In this series, for those of you joining us for the first time, it's Life Worth Living. And it's purposefully not titled A Life Worth Living because that means that there are lives out there not worth living. We want to be careful with that, obviously. But this idea that there's this thing, there's this ball of life, this big, warm, loving ball of life created by God. And how do we live in ways that connect with that? And one of the ways I think we know when we're connected to that is joy, one of the primary ways maybe. And that's what this series has been about. How do we, how do we sort of do that in the reality of what our lives are? Because it's not about finding the perfect life. It's not about creating the perfect life. I would love to say, and I say it over and over again, I would love to say that if, if, if you're watching New Church Live and you're wondering, is faith for you? And, and you're hoping to hear a message that if you just do this, all of a sudden, all the, all the challenges disappear and the Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl, you know, all those things will happen. Not necessarily true. You can do all those things in our life, all those things in our world, and still not have life go exactly the way you want it. Because faith is not about solutions to all the problems. It's about perspective. It's about a life of meaning and richness and courage and connection. And then we kind of let the results of life kind of do what they will do. And that becomes, my friends, a life worth living. And that, that echoes in Jesus's beautiful words. This is Jesus saying from John 10, I came so that they could have life, indeed so they could have life to the fullest or life abundantly as it reads in some translations. It's a beautiful idea of, like, that was God's point. God's point is for us to have this incredibly full and rich life. And it'll be full and rich in ways different than what we may have planned. I think for almost all of us, I don't know anyone whose life has gone fully according to plan. There might be some people out there, I have not met them. And yet we know we experience, oh yeah, this is the fullness of life right here. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. And when it does that, folks, you know, our theme as we close this series is as in heaven, so upon the earth. That's, that's the whole will of God. I mean, that's a beautiful part of the prayer. And, and a couple of things with the prayer, you know, the Lord's prayer, the Our Father prayer, first off, Our Father, where it starts. It's not Father like a, like a Our Father, you know, it's like this deep, solemn thing. No, the word Father there says it's sermon in a, and most pastors have right in their back pocket, is the word there is as well known, is more like the word Dad than the word Father. So it's a very warm idea, very warm idea of, of our Dad. Our parent, our parent, and it's a warm, loving parent. 
And it, it, it's well in the prayer, every single pronoun is, is in the plural. It's about what we are asking for, about what we are attempting to do, about how we are humbly, try, humbly trying to cooperate with the life that God has flowing through us. In the other part, and it's such a key line, and we, we comment on it a fair amount because it's so powerful, is the line, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Faith is not an evacuation plan from the life you are living. It's not an evacuation plan to something different per se. I mean, different perspective, obviously. But our lives are our lives. It's, it's much more about how do we have this idea of heaven and how do we connect that into the lives that we're living right now? Again, knowing that there is such a thing as heaven and there is eternal life and there are angels and there are all these things that we get to partake in later on and that so much of life right now is this promise that, oh yeah, we can do this now. We can live parts of heaven now. And again, it'll look very different than what we might imagine. And maybe it looks so much better than what we could ever imagine. When we experience that, that moment of heaven on earth. That little piece of heaven on earth. Now, one way to look at this, folks, this is, this is from the book that we've been reading. The book, Life Worth Living. I love this, this, this line here. If you have a vision of life that will sustain, I hope you have a vision of life that will sustain you in the moments on the pavement. Now, there's the line. Context for that line is this is somebody talking who just lost, uh, lost a friend lost uh, uh, someone to suicide. And they're talking about, they were talking to this person. This person just collapsed on the pavement when they found out. And it's talking about, yeah, we have those moments where there's just that collapse. And this is their hope of what we find in those moments. There likely will be a day when the world stops and your heart breaks and you will need a vision of a life worth living that can survive the storm. Surely your vision will be deepened, transformed, sharpened by the days on the pavement. But I hope your vision already has a compass that can orient you or better yet, a compass that will hold you. I love that idea, or better yet, an anchor that will hold you, sorry. A compass that can orient you, or better yet, an anchor that will hold you. And I think there's, there's two parts to that. I, I love, and I highlighted there the word orient and anchor, because I think that's, that's so much this as in heaven, so upon the earth. Our, our view of heaven can become what orients us, just like looking up in the, night, north, in the north, northern sky to see, to see the north star. You know, that's the orientation. That's the looking up into heaven. And heaven's all about love. It's all about love and action. It's all about service. I mean, there's tons of things we could say on that. But we look, we look up, that's what orients us. And it's orienting us in a way that deeply grounds us at the same time. So as in heaven, so upon the earth. What orients and what grounds. And that's where we're trying to live this life. We're trying to live a life, and it is what faith can offer in a very unique way. Something that orients us at this much higher level, but also grounds us in the life right in front of us. With the people who are right around us, with who might be sitting right beside you right now. Like, grounds us into that relationship. So it's not just untethered up there in the sky. But it's made very real by a life on this earth. And what we start to do, folks, when we, start to, when we start to experience that as in heaven, so upon the earth, when we put together what orients and what grounds, heaven and earth, and we start to weave the two together, little aside, Maya Angelou, a quote I use all the time, saving heaven for a far off day shows a lack of gratitude. You want to be grateful? Live heaven now. Beautiful concept there. So, so we do that, we, we do as best we can to very humbly and imperfect ways, live heaven here and now. And what happens with that is, is we get really clear, I think, on this question. What matters most? What matters most? We looked at this question in a small group this past week. And with what matters most, it's some places the, the answer comes very easily, other places it comes very hard, especially if we're in a time of transition. 
But Wolf, in the book Life, Life Worth Living, he says this is kind of the question. What matters most? And what I'm going to invite you to do is this, friends. I'm going to invite you to text me in an answer. What for you, what matters most today to you? And you can text me, 215-740-3662. That's 215-740-3662. Or you could put out there on, on social media an answer for that. We have our chat rooms are open. Just to think through, and it's going to be interesting to look at these answers. Later on in the sermon, we're going to come back to look at this, and I think we'll see some themes that are shared by all of us in terms of what matters the most. So friends, I am so glad you're here today. We are so glad you're joining us in this conversation around New Church Live, around bringing heaven onto earth. And so a final word, which is welcome, Welcome to New Church Live. Oh my, I didn't know what it means to believe. Oh my, I didn't know what it means to believe. But if I hold on tight, is it true? Would you take care of all that I do? Oh Lord, I'm a getting ready to believe. Oh my, I didn't know how hard. didn't know how hard it would be but if I hold on tight is it true would you take care of all that I do oh Lord I'm a getting ready to believe Then we'll be waving hands, singing freely, singing, standing tall. Now it's coming easy. Oh, no more looking down, honey. Can't you see me? Oh, Lord, I'm a getting ready to believe. Singing, standing tall, now it's coming easy. Oh, no more looking down, honey, can't you see me? Oh, Lord, I'm a getting ready. Oh, Lord, I'm a getting ready. Oh, Lord, I'm a getting ready to believe. Boy, what a beautiful Emily, can you say who, who's the... That's a song by Michael Kiwanuka. Kiwanuka. Is that the best last name ever, too? Kiwanuka. Beautiful, beautiful song there. And it's about that getting ready to believe, right? Because in, in it, it takes work. Like, belief is, is so much more than just an intellectual assent. It, it, is, it is so much more of the heart, and it's got to have that grounded part to it. Because, you know, again, as in heaven, so upon the earth, you know what the problem is with that? It's hard. It's hard. It's really hard. It's, it's easy, again, to, to turn faith into like a Hallmark card and a frosty lens and a, you know, whatever. And, and really, the challenge is, is that things that we can say in very simple ways, just because it can be said simply doesn't mean it's easy. Simple and easy are often two different things. It's simple to understand this. You know, it's, it's the challenge of life to live it. And the challenge is really good. So let's take a look. Let's take a look together at a person 
who went through that challenge. I'm going to step over here. So the person I want to talk about is this guy by the name of Nicodemus, famous biblical character. So Nicodemus was, was a member of the Jewish clergy. He was a clergyman like me, just happened to be part of a different faith. And he had this idea, as many people did, as many people do, and I think all of us don't see this as, as there and them, thinking this, oh yeah, there's parts of me that believe this too, part of me that acts this way. He really was pretty sure he knew, as in heaven, so upon the earth, he was pretty, knew, pretty sure he knew what would connect heaven to earth. And in his mind, it was life by strict adherence to the rules. Strict adherence to the rules. Like whatever the rules were, you were gonna absolutely obey those rules, period. Because that's how you connected heaven to earth. Now, again, important to say, it's not that rules are bad at all. We need to have rules. You must have rules. A river without banks is a puddle. You could talk about that. That's why you have 10 commandments. You talk about that a lot. But if that's the end game, if the end game is just simple obedience to law, to rules, probably gonna miss some things. And what are you gonna miss? You're gonna miss people. You're gonna miss people. And it's interesting because Nicodemus, obviously in this story, he kinda knows it. He kinda knows there's something that just, he's going through the motions and there's just something that isn't, isn't isn't working, and he's obviously coming back to the song. He's ready to believe in something more, and it, but what he's doing just isn't quite working. So what happens, and there's an important caveat here, important little aside, is he goes to visit Jesus at night, and there's a big point of it being at night, which is kind of fun, because he didn't want to be seen. <laughs> you know, Here's this very learned man, one of the real leaders of, of of ancient Israel at that time, and he's gonna go see this kind of itinerant, homeless, pastor, carpenter guy, and because and, uh, he senses maybe he has part of the answer. So he travels to visit Jesus at night, and that's where we pick up this story, the story of Nicodemus. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, which means teacher, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Beautiful line there about being born again. And, and, and do you see folks like that? Nicodemus, in a way, went there to hear that message. Because he wouldn't have gone if life was working really well. I mean, we only move in life when things, when we just have this sense, things are not working as they are. So there's this movement, and maybe there's this little bit of sense, this little sense of, oh yeah, something needs to be born again. Something needs to be born in my life that I, I can't even necessarily articulate. It's just this feeling of that this can't be it, where I am right now. And there's nothing, again, folks, nothing easy about that. You, you, go, you go back to the story of Adam and Eve, the very beginning of the Bible. Again, these are beautiful, beautiful poetic truths. And again, Eve, God says, like, your childbirth is going to be really painful. And I've never gone through childbirth. I'm sure the women watching could attest to that, that it's, it's a really hard experience. And that there's something as well going through that pain and the birth that happens. And as soon as that happens, somehow all the pain shifts because we see what was born. The Bible begins with kind of this story of a challenging birth, Adam and Eve, and then Jesus talks about being born again, and then the Bible interestingly ends with a very significant birth as well. Again, talking about things that are born again into our lives. The end of the Bible, the last book in the Bible is Revelation 12. 
And one of those, one of the lines in that chapter talks about this vision in heaven. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman dressed all in sunlight, standing on the moon and crowned with 12 stars. She was giving birth to a child and cried out in the pain of childbirth. And the Christian New Church, we, we believe this is sort of a, a, a you know, a prophecy of sorts of, 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 of a new church, a new way of being into the world that's, that's being born, but there's a challenge. It's, it's like none of these things come easily. They really are a challenge with working, working through this because we're talking now, folks, and this is significant, and again, this is part of, real key part of, of, of Christianity is, you know, we start out kind of like a Nicodemus where it's all about the truth, all about the knowledge, per se, and even, even for somebody who's, weirdly, even for somebody who who's, may, may call themselves an atheist, well, they're also all about the idea, all about the idea, the idea, the idea, the idea, and the paradigm around what they consider to be God or not to be God. But then there's a shift that happens. And the shift that happens is the movement of life from here to here. We've done a whole series on that where we don't live in our heads nearly as much anymore and we start to live in our hearts. And what happens is truth starts to shift. Truth, we now see, is just a form of love. And what we're looking for is we're looking for the truths that are born out of love. So we go into the world in a very loving way, as best as we can, as humbly as we can, as imperfectly as we will. And as we do that, as we step into the world that way, things will get born, truths and insights will get born. And, and don't always think sometimes, folks, that if we step into the world and love it, those truths and, and, and those truths that are born out of that love, they're not always necessarily comforting or easy. They may actually call us out of love to say things that are challenging. To say to a world sometimes that feels very lost, like, oh, you're lost. Can we rethink this? Is there a way to do this better? Is there a way to serve more people? Is there a way to help more people who are disadvantaged? In whatever form you define disadvantaged. That, those are truths born of love. Again, but don't think they're weak. They're not. They're fierce, they're strong, they're, they're challenging. Uh, again, I feel like prob probably once a month we could do a sermon on Martin Luther King if you want to know what a truth, somebody who lived, truths born of love, what, what kind of life they lived in terms of making a change in the world. Martin Luther King is always a great example for that. And, and this is a key part, I think, with understanding that idea. That when you go across the way here, when you go across the way here to the beautiful Bryn Athen Cathedral, and again, we have a lot of folks who join us from all over the place. You can Google Bryn Athen Cathedral stained glass, and you can take a look at these windows. Now, this window here, right in the middle, that's the woman clothed with the sun, and you can see the moon under her feet there. It's interesting that, you know, it's... it's it's as you go out the cathedral, this is the picture right above you. And, and to me, it's a reminder, oh yeah, something's being born. Something's being born. As somebody who does a lot of weddings and a lot of baptisms and, and some memorial services, but mostly I do a lot of weddings and baptisms because of the age of our congregation. It's, it's interesting because sometimes couples will get married in the Bernathan Cathedral, a beautiful, beautiful building. And as a pastor, the pastor, believe it or not, has the best seat in the house. Because <laughs> we get to look out at the couple, the wedding party, the families, and friends all gathered there together. And then, and then watching the couple walk down the aisle out there into life, and the last religious image that they go under is this idea of the woman clothed with the sun. And I love that. I, I love that idea that, okay, so here they are stepping out into life and something in this new relationship is going to be born. And it's going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be like childbirth. 
And it's, it, folks, it's not even that when, when childbirth happens, all of a sudden there's no more problems. I mean, eventually the little baby becomes a teenager. All kinds of challenges there. But something new is being born. Something new is being born. That, I, I feel, is so much way this heaven moving to earth with the way it looks. And there's nothing easy about it. Again, if we really want to, to, to live this, again, if you think of this big, warm ball of love and life, and we really want to live that, really want to live that life, we really say, that's the life, L, capital L, that's life worth living. Again, nothing easy about it. And here's a reminder from a piece of, piece of Christian New Church theology the more noble the love, the greater the trial. The more noble the love, the more greater the trial. It was interesting, a few weeks ago, we do this little 10 minutes of morning calm every weekday morning at 8.30, and you can watch it archived at 8.30 a.m. live. It's just a little Bible reflection. We had one a few weeks ago, and it was based on the topic of um, life is hard because life is good. That's countercultural. It's hard to put in the words. It's, it's countercultural in a, in a way, but in a way, it's what we all know. It's in a way we all know it. I mean, I don't think people go into marriage or, or having a child or anything feeling like, oh, yeah, no problems here. Never going to be a problem. I think we go into it knowing that there's the problem, but knowing that the promise is greater than the problem. This beautiful promise out there. Far greater than the problems. And the problems can be great. Let's be, let's be clear about that. See, folks, the, the only way to have it not be a trial, to have the birth of somebody, is, is just to never give birth to anything. We don't want the pain of giving birth to something. Don't give birth, ever, to something new in your life. I think that's always the temptation, is the temptation is to, is to not care. Because if we, really, if we really just want to live, sort of pull in our lives as much as we can and not care, really just, just not put our hearts out there, we can do that. And we can live a pain-free life. And we need to ask, is that what we want? It's, 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 it's challenging, right? Because you don't want to come across as, I certainly don't want to come across as shaming or berating, but I know there's a little part of me that thinks like, yeah, retiring on a tropical island, that would sure be nice. You know, if you select people around me, I'm good. But <laughs> that's not what I was born into life to do. Whether I like it or not, whether you like it or not, we're born into life to do stuff to take responsibility, to actually lean into discomfort, the discomfort that happens when something new is trying to be born. That, folks, is a strong, strong piece. And, you know, here's the flip of it. If we care, and if we lean in, there will be trials. There will be trials. But as we'll see in this next video, there also will be some amazing, some amazing miracles. Finally tonight, they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. CBS's Steve Hartman found one home where it's good for the body and the soul on the road. They come together at the crack of dawn from all directions, converging on this tiny house in St. Louis, Missouri for their weekly Wednesday visit with 66-year-old Peggy Winkowski. It's raining. Grandma Peggy brings everyone together. She's just like a built-in grandma to all of us. She cares for us a lot. She really cares for us. The students who visit Grandma Peggy attend Bishop DeBerg High School and are part of what they call the Wednesday Breakfast Club. Seeing the spread, you can understand why kids might want to come here. But what isn't so clear is how Peggy got roped into hosting. The Wednesday Breakfast Club actually used to meet at this diner. Until one day, a kid named Sam Crow said, you know, my grandma could cook better than this. 
So the next Wednesday, they showed up at her doorstep. I'm like, okay. And they came all school year every Wednesday. That was back in 2021, and it continued merrily until that day when all joy was lost. About a year and a half ago, Peggy's grandson, Sam, a sophomore at Bishop DeBerg, was killed in a hit and run. The boy was beloved. So, of course, breakfast was the last thing on anyone's mind. And yet, the very next Wednesday, and virtually every Wednesday since during the school year, the kids have returned to Grandma Peggy's in numbers far greater than before. Sam would be so proud. Look at what he started. Everyone coming together for a heaping helping of healing. It melts my heart. It's really not about the food. It's just about being together. We benefit from her. She benefits from us. It's like we feed off each other. And we're like keeping this memory alive. So yeah. Good morning, guys. Everyone grieves differently. But those who manage it best always seem to blanket themselves with kindred spirits, sharing the burden, teaching each other to laugh again, and building tradition to make sure those memories are as snug and sustaining as a warm meal at Grandma's. This is the best morning. Steve Hartman, on the road, in St. Louis. Makes Wednesday so much fun. Scream out in the face of reflection When there never was a doubt You can't believe what you're singing A new melody is playing Hey, what are you waiting for? There's no better time than now Hey, where are you going? Stay right here and see all that life can be. You can stand forever in line to just get in and out, such ever to find you when you're on this round. The path of least resistance You blink so fast you miss it Moving forward you can't rewind to Learn to live without Take a second and look behind you Learn to be here now and No matter the space or distance To feel love inside the vision Overwhelmed and oh well, there's no one to tell I keep on trying Well, the times are falling on this well There's no use in crying I'm starting anew A new me today Create a space to grow But not alone and go with the flow And keep on trying Not on my own, I'll find a home And let the light be shown I'll be flying There's 
So, quickly about that song. Ethan actually wrote that song. Beautiful song. Yeah, isn't that cool? You know, and, and that stay right here. I mean, that's sort of our theme going into this last part of the service is, is to stay in it. Because, folks, like, we, we, know, we know those pieces of what, what really matters most. Beautiful answers from folks. The, he- the health and spiritual well-being of all humanity and Mother Earth. Peace on earth as in heaven. I like that line, peace, because Emmanuel Swinborg asks us to consider the peace of heaven to be like peace, the peace of waking up on a spring morning. Which I love that idea. It's not the peace of going to sleep at night. It's the peace of waking up in the morning knowing I have a lot of wonderful things ahead of me today. A dear friend writes, our children. Another friend writes, being heard and understood, and that's so important. We've got a series coming up on that. Heard and understood, what a gift that is. What matters most, the eternal love and journey that underlies everything we and our loved ones go through. We're gonna come back to that eternal love and journey. Knowing the Lord is next to me when I am in anguish. Beautiful. My husband, my kids, and my work. These are such beautiful lines, folks, and, and, and we just get clear, you know, about what matters most, and we touch back to those things, and that gives us, when we become clear on what matters most, it, it really helps us to understand life worth living. It's life. It's big, beautiful, crazy, messy, at times disturbing, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world thing we call life. That is so worth living because we're in it and that's our job as best we can is to stay in it i love little videos as you can tell if you've been around new church live because these these little videos i feel like in two minutes they can say what it takes me probably an hour to even remotely come to say here's this little video and here's this grandma, and here are these kids. The only person who doesn't work out well is when they're standing in front of that diner. I'm thinking, and I wouldn't want somebody standing in front of my diner going, my grandma's cooking's better. <laughs> but isn't it, isn't it incredible, folks? What's the miracle what she did? She stayed in it. Her heart broke and will remain broken until she sees will remain broken until she sees her grandson again which i believe she will but her heart will stay broken it will never be the same and that's what staying in it looks like that is what life worth living looks like Yes, it's, it's the pain that we go through in life, sometimes immense, overwhelming pain. But even in that, even with the, that overwhelmingness of pain, can we still find ways as best we can, echoed as best we can, to simply stay in it? Let's tie back for a second with Nicodemus. See, we, we looked at Nicodemus over here And we looked at Nicodemus and we said, you know, here's a guy who was all oriented towards the rules. And notice Jesus doesn't make fun of him for that or doesn't say, hey, you're all wrong. He just says, Nicodemus, step over into this place. We understand that there's something new being born, something new is being born in your life. Can you allow it to just just take place? And and, and that stepping in, it was interesting. A, A line that really caught me in the video was at the end of it where Steve Hartman says, yeah, you know what? And and these traditions, you have to have these traditions that will help to hold this love. That's what a truth born of love looks like. Here you have this love for this young man giving birth to a certain kind of truth 
And it takes that idea, you know, the Nicodemus idea of law, and that's the way to connect to God, and it shifts it slightly. It's still law in a sense. It's still a tradition. It's still a showing up. It's still something with edges around it. But it's born out of love. It's not just born out of obedience. It's born out of love, not just born out of obedience. And the places, folks, we get there when we learn to stay in it, stay in it, stay in it. When we do that, we start to understand this. This is a piece from the book, True Christianity. And this is talking about those moments of peace. And, and I see these folks, it's not like the conflict finally ends and then we're all done. It's just we get these little moments of respite. You know, again, seven days of the week, one of those is Sabbath day of rest. I think that's probably pretty much what life looks like. Like we go through six hours of challenge and we'll get an hour of something in there or, or six minutes, one minute, six months, one minute, whatever you want to say. You know, that, that seems about right proportionally. Once the conflict is over, we are present in heaven in our inner self and present in the world through our outer self. Therefore, a crisis of the spirit joins heaven to the world within us, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Then the Lord within us rules our world from heaven. So folks, this line has so much in it, you know, that, that heaven in our inner self, Jesus said, you know, the kingdom of heaven, where is it? It's within. So it's that kingdom of heaven within, it's in us. And do we, we want to get to the point where very humbly, and it takes a lot of work and a lot of life, we're very humbly that, that heaven that is in us starts to move very gently through us, out there into the earth, out there into the world. That's, that's why, folks, again, like that video, that's Holy Supper. That's from a Catholic background, that's the Eucharist. And that doesn't take the place of the Eucharist per se in a church service, but you want to know what the Eucharist can look like. That's what it can look like. Holy Supper, Eucharist, communion, community, all those things. As in heaven, so upon the earth. Truth now born out of love. And see, folks, it's just hard to even get the words around this. That's where the promise in the Gospel of John comes true. Like, that's where Jesus is saying, like, I want you to live the fullness of life, to live life abundantly. That picture in that video, looking at that table with all those teenagers there, that's abundant life. That's what it really looks like. We live in a culture that sort of has a picture, painted a picture of it that, that isn't grounded in the fact that most of us will live lives where our hearts will be broken. Probably many times. And we can paint pictures that are sort of essentially escapism. And we can choose to maybe do something different, maybe write at the story differently, maybe, maybe start to see it differently where we're really starting to live in it, to really inhabit our lives, to really inhabit life at its, at its very best. And what will we discover there, folks? What will we discover there? Just a few quick last lines and then our prayer. We will discover this. Life, life worth living. Life, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Amen. All right, friends, let's all get a big breath. What we're going to do now is now we're going to shift gears. And we're going to shift gears in a little quieter part of the service, which is just a little prayer, a little meditation, a little blessing, and we'll have our last song. So please join me in prayer. 
Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your presence with allowing us the space, the time to think about life worth living. What is life worth living? Not a life, but just life worth living. Lord, for all of us, help us to be mindful of what we're giving birth to in this life. For some, for some, it'll be having children. For some, it won't. And for all of us, there are things we are asked to birth into this world. Help us to be clear about what those things are. Help us to ground that in what matters most and to find the courage to live through the challenges of that process. The challenges of giving birth to something, a truth born of love, as well as learning to nurture that throughout our lives. Bless, Lord, all those who have joined us here today. Hold us, Lord, tenderly in your loving mercy and inspire us again and again with your word. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace and bring you home. Amen. Have a great week, friends. see trees of green and red roses too I see them blue for me and you and I think to
And I think to myself What a wonderful world Thank you so much, everybody. See you soon. Have a lovely week.